If you are a one-woman show, but you love to travel, you are an explorer at heart, but you don't want to leave the office, there's a little bit of piece of you that thinks, what if I miss out on something? Or what if a client gets mad that I'm gone? This is a conversation that you can't miss. Here comes Katie Hollowell. This is Don't Rush Me. Hey, I'm Maria Spear Alice, and I hate rushing. It never yields good things to rush, whether it's rushing to finish a client project or rushing to put on eyeliner. But when we have 10,000 things on our minds at any given moment, it's hard not to fall into that habit. I've had a lot of very specific technical training in my life, hello music school and law school, but none of that training prepared me for being a business owner, a lawyer, a wife, a mom, or really just a functional adult woman with a huge to-do list. I'm no guru, but I created Don't Rush Me as a way to talk more about the slow, simple tools you can start using today to make your life and business life a little easier. So whether you're a healer, a coach, or a business owner, a professional craving that slowdown, come with me as we learn about the small, easy things that can make a huge difference in your mind, body, or business. Good food and culture and sunrises and sunsets and beautiful vistas, all of this makes me really excited to travel. I don't have any imminent travel plan, but whenever I see my guest today, I always ask what what trip she has planned next because I know how much she loves to explore. And I feel like this is an important conversation for all of us to have because, first of all, if you are in business for yourself and you're not taking time to do what you love, we got to have a heart to heart because that's the reason we're all in business for ourselves is the flexibility and the ability to do what you want to do. And my guest, Katie Hollowell, who happens to be a friend of mine, is really good about that. Katie is a mortgage lender professionally, but she is an explorer personally. She's been in Nashville for 10 years where she met her husband, Kevin, and she put down roots with their Frenchie, Louie. And she says, when I say I'm an explorer, it's because I'm all in on discovering what the world has to offer. And I think that's so great. She loves to read, travel, listen, and learn, and she's working on expanding her horizons while also practicing appreciation for where she is right now, which is something that we're going to tap into in this interview. Another really interesting thing about Katie is that she comes from this really, I'm going to say intense sales background. Um, Like I said, she's a mortgage lender, but um, she and her husband and my husband and many of her friends participated in this sales program early on. And she drew a lot of lessons from that. I have drawn a lot of lessons from it, and I didn't even go through it. My husband did. But you'll hear the details of how this intense experience shaped her and what she took away from it and some of the things that she's shaped afterwards to suit her lifestyle now and listening to her mind and body and even silence and and going all in on bringing more appreciation into her day. But before I get into my conversation with Katie, here is a little bit on our holistic history lesson topic of the day, which is lapidolite. Lapidolite is a mineral with an amethyst-like purple color. It was first discovered back in 1861. I have to read this quote from Energy Muse. It says, scale back fiery emotions and let lapidolite add some balance back to your mind and spirit. 
That's because the name lapidolite comes from the Greek word for scale, which is a reference to its kind of scaly appearance. Lapidolite contains the most lithium of any other mineral on earth. Of course, lithium is used in tons of things from batteries to smartphones to microwaves. Fun fact, lapidolite is an ingredient in aventurine, which is one of my personal favorites. Lapidolite is found all over. It's found in the US, also Canada, Australia, Japan, Russia, Brazil, Madagascar, the Czech Republic, and Sweden. It's said to dissolve energy blocks that are living within your chakras, and it's especially good for the third eye and crown chakras. Sometimes called the grandmother stone, it's because it has calming and soothing properties that really help an overactive mind. You can even place it on your third eye as you meditate. Finally, it's lullaby-like energy is said to calm your body before sleep. I hope you enjoyed that history lesson. Now here's my conversation with Katie Hollowell. Hi, Katie. Hi. <laughs> I'm so happy to have you here. Uh, Katie is a friend of mine, and I just like had this lightning bolt slash download that she would be such a perfect fit and a good story to have here on the podcast because I love, you know, your, your adventurous spirit, but you're also like a very professional lady. And I feel like there's a good, we're about to have a really good conversation about just kind of balance and professional versus peace. <laughs> I love that. Uh, thank you. I feel super honored to be here and excited. I think this is going to be Really fun because I just love seeing you and talking about things, but also <laughs> hopefully helpful and got some good nuggets in there. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Well, tell us, tell the listeners um, kind of what you do in this world professionally and maybe your journey in terms of how you got there. Yeah. So I am a mortgage loan officer with Cross Country Mortgage. And it's funny, my boss used to say this all the time, and now I'm going to repeat it. I don't think anybody grows up thinking, I'm going to do mortgages. Yeah. Like, <laughs> definitely not. Nobody gets, nobody does that. <laughs> and I didn't even know what a mortgage was when I got into this industry. I am coming up on six years next month, which God. is crazy. Crazy. So, um, yeah, I help people purchase and finance homes, a lot of first-time homebuyers, which is incredible, and then also people working on investments and uh, moving up and having a bigger house for kids, just kind of stuff like that. So that's what I do professionally. How I got here is a windy road. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing about being in the mortgage industry the way that I am, I'm also in sales. I mean, we're always selling ourselves, so to speak, and so that's what I'm doing. I'm selling why to use me as your mortgage loan officer and your specialist and the expert. But I'm also selling cross-country mortgage that we have a great product to offer people um, compared to other ones out there. So I am ultimately in sales and I've really been in sales for a while, for good or bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, tell, this is a loaded question because I kind of know a little bit about this just from, so Katie and my husband and a lot of our friends were, in this program and in, in, in college and, and some after college and it's, and it's all about sales. And so can you tell, tell us about that and just like the lessons that you learned from it and, mm -hmm. and, and maybe ways that it's still relevant today because you are in sales, right? So tell us about that and just, yeah, I'll, I'll stop there. <laughs> Yeah. So um, I always introduce it as like, I did this crazy thing in college. It's kind of an internship is what we call it. And I had friends doing this. And so that's how I got introduced to it. 
Um, but it's with the Southwestern Company is what it used to be called. I think it's called the Southwestern Advantage now. And it's a company that's been around for a really long time, like over 100 years. And basically the internship is you get to run your own business mm-hmm. and you <laughs> sell books, educational books, door to door all summer long. Um, and so I did that for three summers while I was in college. While I was, was it one of them technically after college? Because I had graduated in December. It, it was. One year was after college because I happened to graduate in December. So I was one of those people. I did uh, in December too. I didn't yeah. know that. <laughs> <laughs> I had transferred school. So I lost credits when I transferred. And so I had to go a little bit longer. But so my friends were doing this. They were, from all of their accounts, they were making money. They were having fun. They were going on trips that they won that were sales incentives. And so I was like, great, I'm working at a shoe store in the summer, so sign me up. So, and one of them was my best friend. So I was like, I trust her. I'm going to do anything she's doing. We're having a great time. So um, I sign up and um, like it is running your own business. The way that it works is you get a sample case of books and educational books and you're taught all, you go to a sales school in Nashville and you're taught all about these books and you're taught sales skills to sell them. And then another thing you're taught is to just keep going all the time, no matter what, because even if you don't have the skill set to just anybody, you know, sell ice to the Eskimos, the more you talk to people and see people, the better you get at it. And it's just a numbers game. Somebody's going mm-hmm. to buy for you. So they even books, even books door to door when there are things like Amazon in the world. Thankfully, this was 10 years ago, over 10 mm, years ago. Yes. But there was the internet. <laughs> yeah. So that was an objection we had to overcome of like, we had a saying for that of, um, if you were to go on a Google and look up Abraham Lincoln, you're going to get a ton of different O's at the bottom of Google, so many different pages. It's like trying to take a drink of water out of a fire hydrant versus the book. Good. Has everything you need right here. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. So you learn those things, but more than anything, especially in the beginning, you learn to just keep going and see more people, talk to more people, keep going. So you do that for a week of learning the books and skills. And um, then you go somewhere else. So you don't like sell books around your hometown where you know everybody. They intentionally move you locations because this is super hard. If you ever knocked on doors or I don't know. Tried to sell anything. It's cold really called. hard. What'd you say? Cold called. You're cold. Yes. It's a lot of no's. And so you can get discouraged very easily. And if you have friends around or someone's going to the pool, it's very easy if you're around them to be like, okay, I'm not going to do this very hard thing today. I'm going to go to the pool. So they kind of move. You switch places with other kids doing this from other states. And you're in a little host family with other like a couple other people who are also selling books. And so you get up every day. We worked 80 hours a week, Monday through Saturday, and we are slinging books. That's <laughs> what we call it. So going door to door, selling educational books to families. So I started with that. Um, it, looking back now, I can't believe I did that. <laughs> I can't believe I did well at that. Um, but like I said, it really just taught you no matter what, keep going to the next door. 
not just because the next door could be a buyer, but because of the persistence that you're learning and just the ability to face adversity and probably a ton of people saying no, but just keep in going. Um, and we also learned something that I used to talk about is we've learned to talk to people from all over. So people who are in, you know, CEO positions and people who are not and who are a stay-at-home mom or who are working at the school. Like we just talk to every kind of person out there. So you're able to meet a ton of people, learn how to interact with them, learn when someone is open to you versus very not open to you. You just kind of learn how to be interested in people and learn about them. Um, so yeah, that's how I got started in sales. Gosh, there are so many pieces to what we did. I mean, we just had, they really, um, impressed upon us a positive outlook. Good. Um, Very good. Yeah. Super good. We did. So I imagine you can get super discouraged on this. Exactly. Right. There are definitely days where you don't sell anything and you're like, why am I doing this? And I'm tired and I'm not with anyone. And I sold twice in Texas and once in Iowa. So in Texas, it was so hot <laughs> and it was like, why am I doing this? <laughs> um, but every morning we do something called execs where we would have breakfast with our other roommates. And then we'd go out in the parking lot of wherever we were eating breakfast and we would dance and we would sing and we would yell positive affirmations at ourselves as like oh a gosh. pump up for the day. <laughs> this is like embodiment work before this was a thing, like yeah. moving your body. and right. <laughs> Yeah. Get excited. Like, you know, like they say where you're like, stand like this for confidence or lift your arms up. It's like that, like just get excited and you're doing it with friends who are also going to do this hard thing. So you kind of have a little bit of accountability too of, well, I know that Jess and Haley are out there working super hard. So I also want to work super hard. Um, and we, we kept very detailed um, track of our, how we were doing. And so we were calling um, our managers, people who had sold more summers than us and had more experience than us to talk about what we were up against or what we were doing well and kind of help us when we we're down, especially. Um and throughout the day, we just kind of had little isms to keep us going. So we broke our days into goal periods. And so instead of looking at the whole day where we would sell for like 12 hours, we'd be like, I'm not selling for 12 hours. I'm selling for this next hour and a half. I can do mm. I can do this for an hour and a half. And all I want to do is talk to five families in this hour and a half. If I just talk to five families, I've done a great job. And so we had specific goals, both for like how, things we could measure. So we talked about your um, attitude and your effort are the things that you can control. And you can measure how you were doing with that versus I can't control whether or not someone's gonna buy from me, but I can control that I'm gonna show my books to 30 people today. And so we really tried to focus on the controllables. We tried to keep ourselves motivated and positive in a lot of interesting, weird ways, things we would say and things we would just do throughout the day that we knew other people were doing. And then we just kept going. <laughs> no matter what, you keep going. And so if you're tired, mm -hmm. you keep going. Mm -hmm. Or if you, whatever, I guess, fill in the blank. Like that was the overall. If it's, yeah. If it's raining and selling books door to door in the rain, mm -hmm. awful. Yes. But 
you never know who's going to buy the bag is what you said, where they bought everything in our sample case, which was like $1,200 or something crazy. And it's like the next person's door that you knock on, they might buy the bag. And so you just keep going. I remember I backed my car up a really steep driveway in this little neighborhood. I had this um, Chrysler LeBaron. No, no, no. I was a um, Sebring. Um, and they were kind of like long and weird. And I hit this brick mailbox with the corner of my car. I mean, hit it. And the mailbox was fine. It was giant and brick. And my car had this giant like dent in it. And it was my mom's car technically. And I was like, oh no, I'm in trouble. This is awful. I'm having a terrible day. And what I had been told over and over again, what I knew is you should go to the next door. And I went to the next door and they bought. And that was such a fundamental like time that I still remember of, I could have so easily driven away and been like, I'm so frustrated and I can't believe I just did this and letting all my emotions take over me. And instead I went to the next door and it worked like I, somebody bought for me and, and it kind of gave me a positive, um, um, not what's the thing, what's the word for that? Reinforcement. It was a positive <laughs> reinforcement of me going to the next door. That the system works. The system works. If you just keep going, positive things will happen even when negative things do. So yeah, so I've taken a lot of that stuff into how I do things today. Um, I mean, you can't help but, you know, some of that stuff to stick with you. And we say some, like we just the self-talk and there are certain pieces that we keep with us as I do what I do. I'm just like, when I get down on myself with my current business, I'm like, the numbers game. I know that if I just keep talking to people and doing my best, it will be fine. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, well, and things like 80-hour work weeks feel it feels like there were a lot of good lessons there there and a lot of good you know for for a time yeah that was a good but now I mean would you work an 80 hour work week <laughs> well I mean no not on Papa Joyce <laughs> <laughs> no I remember in COVID when rates got really low um I was working a lot more hours than is my standard because everybody wanted to buy a refinance. And so I was trying to do as much as I could to keep up with it. And I'm a one woman show within my, my office. And so I don't know that I hit 80 hours a week, but I intentionally, it's funny, this goes right on topic. I was feeling burned out. I was feeling exhausted. It was so much. And I, you know, working with people is always a little draining because people have emotions and people have reactions. Yeah. People have um, expectations, and so it's working within those because you're not always going to meet them. And so I remember when it was the craziest, I also work on weekends, and so people are shopping on weekends. I intentionally told my team that cover for me when stuff happens and does look out for some of my stuff that I was taking Wednesdays off because I was mm. working so many nights and weekends that I was feeling burnt out and I wasn't able to get laundry done and I wasn't able to like yeah. take care of stuff and get groceries. And so I was like, I'm going to take off Wednesdays because I need to. <laughs> to get and so what done. would you do on those Wednesdays to recharge from the craziness of, you know, everyone wanting, you know, when those rates were low and you were so busy, what would you do to, and, and what do you do to recharge? 
Um, it depends on what I need. I'm really trying to stay focused on what fills my cup up right now. And so sometimes that's sleeping in and taking it really slow. Drinking my tea and reading a book is one of my favorite things to do. Like it is so recharging for me to sit on the in a chair or on the couch and read and drink a cup of hot tea the way I like it. I'm just like, oh, I could do this for a living. <laughs> And then, um, but sometimes it is be productive. It's, I want to get laundry done and get it cleaned out of here and feel good. I want to get groceries so we can make good meals this week. So it really depends on the priority right then. And usually it's a little mix of both. It's getting to walk our dog Louie and spend some good time with him and read and knock out a couple of productive things that are house or personal specific. So that's what those days were for. And that's still what I do when I have the time, when I am slow or I'm at home working and I have the ability to take care of stuff. I lean into it when I can, because I know I don't always have that time. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. It sounds like you do a good job of just kind of like checking in, like, what do I need to do today? What would make me feel good when my, when my head hits the pillow kind of thing? Yes. Yeah. I've gotten better at that over the years and I've had specific things kind of in my life that have helped me point in that direction and realize how happy and healthy that makes me. Um, and so, yeah, I've paid more attention to those indicators. Yeah. I want to talk about travel because you are such an adventurer and you, I know you and Kevin ha have traveled to so many places and I feel like our listeners would really benefit from hearing about, you know, like you said, you're a one woman show. Um, and I can relate to the feeling when you're a one woman show that like, if I leave, then I'm going to miss out on something or someone's yes. going to need me. Yeah. Um, so talk about your kind of process when you're planning a trip and all of that and, and getting around that mindset of I'm going to miss something. That's great. And, um, cause that is what you think of. You're like, especially as a one woman show, I feel like nobody does things the way that I do them. And so I want to make sure that I'm taking care of people who are trusting me. Um, but I also, I value travel so much. And so I really have to be able to do both to be happy. And so one thing that someone said to me, and I have repeated this to our friends like Abby and, and people who are working so hard is that and my boss originally told this to me is that if everything falls apart in a week or two weeks when you're traveling, then you didn't have a good business to begin with. Mm. And oh, that meant so a lot good. to me <laughs> on, both, on both sides of like, oh my God, I hope I have a good enough business that it doesn't die um, when I'm gone for two weeks on a, on a vacation out of the country. And then also it's kind of reaffirming every time it doesn't that like what I'm doing is good. And people, at least in my industry, people respect the fact that you need your own breaks too, and you are taking a vacation. I'm very honest about it when I do it, and I kind of get, I have coaches and mentors and stuff in our in our um, industry, and they're like, you tell people when you're leaving for two weeks? And I'm like, yes, what, you want them to find out after I'm gone and they didn't get a heads up? Because <laughs> we have very relationship focused business. And so I tell them I'm upfront with them. I make sure they know that I have set things up with my team. So I do have a team that can check for things when I'm gone that can field stuff. Should inquiries come in for a new purchase or things that are in process, 
Um, so I try to set them up super well. I give them a lot of notes, a lot of information. And then I also touch base with everybody that I'm working with to say, I am going to be gone and I am going to be out of the country, but I, you're in good hands. Everything will be taken care of and I'll be back this time and we're going to, you know, keep everything going business as usual. So I, every time I leave, I probably tell myself, if your business dies on this trip, then you didn't have a good business. <laughs> Yeah. And it still so makes true. me feel better. Yes. That's a really good point. And like you said, the more times you do it and things don't fall apart, it's that boost of confidence. It kind of, in my, the first thing I thought of is like hiring a babysitter for my kids. It's, it's like a new babysitter. It's like, oh God, like no one's going to be there for them like I am. And what if this, this, and this happens? And then we come home at the end of the night and like everyone's healthy and safe and sleeping and it's fine. Right. Yes. Like the more you do it, the more you see that everything will be fine. Yes. And you need those times out to be like with us when we went to dinner, to have adult time and enjoy it and be to be yourself and enjoy being with them probably when you're not and like getting that time out. That's kind of how it is for me with travel of like, I need to go and recharge and see things and just feed my soul to be my best here and be really in it here. I definitely feel like that when I was thinking about getting ready for this, I was like, I think I'm a person that work that that works to live, the works to live person that people say don't be. I think I'm that person and I don't think it's negative. Yeah. I like what I do a lot. I get to help people. I think it's impactful and I really do my best. But I do it because I value these other things a lot and I want to be able to do them but that's not going to sustain me. I also like getting to do this. So it's, it feels like the best of both worlds to me right now, which I hope is a really healthy way of seeing that. And it's true. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it's a terrible thing as long as I don't hate what I do. I like it. And I think I'm doing something good for some folks. Um, and then it does afford me the means and flexibility to do a lot of things that I, that fill my cup up more. Yes, absolutely. I think that, that, relates to, to like a larger conversation about money. And like, there are so many different, obviously tons of different views on money and is the root of all evil. And is it wonderful? And I think what you just said ties into that conversation because it's like, yes, we work, we, we, we like to do a good job. We like to serve and help people, but also the more we can do on that end, the more we can spend time or money on things that really help us to exist in a peaceful way, to have, to build on our relationships, to travel, whatever yeah. it is, to support causes we want to support, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. I think that All that's that. part of it. Yes, totally. A hundred percent. So I, I, I'm okay with being that person I've decided. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think it's beautiful. And I yes. think too, so that people, you know, really take this away from this conversation. What Katie's saying is, you know, to be specifically to specifically speak to that travel portion, you know, be upfront with your clients, let them know what's going on. So they're not surprised, set some things up so that, so that you're not, so that they're not completely empty handed while you're gone. Um, and also I think, you know, if there is someone who's just, who just can't get a grip on the fact that you're leaving, maybe they're not the best client to work with anyway. I, that's so, Yeah. That is so hard to say sometimes, but I I feel lucky that I'm more established in my business now 
And some of that's coming from the grinding and stuff that I've done before, but I've been able in more recent years to recognize if a client isn't my client. And it's really helpful to have that mindset of not everybody is your client because you don't want to be beaten up for something that you either can't change or don't want to change when their values don't align with yours. You know, you've got to keep moving on. Um yep keep on keeping on. So yeah. I think that's really valuable. And it's so hard to say. I remember in my very scarcity mindset, starting in mortgages, it's like anyone is, I will work with anyone, yep. anywhere, anything I can do. Yep. You need something? Sure. I got it. I can do it. Yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. And it's usually in the beginning. And I think yep, the reason that all of us go into business for ourselves is the flexibility and the ability to say, you know what, this feels like I've got a feeling somewhere like in the pit of my stomach that this is not going to go well. And so I'm going to say no thank you to this client or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's okay to do that. And yeah, again, it comes a little bit more once you're more established, you've kind of, that's where I don't, I haven't always had as much work in life balance as I do now. I feel really grateful that I am established. And there was definitely a time where it was like, again, I will do anything at any time, no matter what. Um, and again, my values never changed of this is what I want to be doing. I want to be traveling more and adventuring and spending time with my friends and family and that kind of thing. And it was like that goal and seeing that that's possible if I do this right now, made doing that hard stuff early on a little easier knowing there's going to yes. be a time where I can leave and I can say no to a client if they don't like that I'm going to travel or, you know. Yeah. So while there's, while grinding is hard, usually it's not forever. <laughs> yeah. Yes, for sure. I yeah. feel like we could just keep on talking and talking, but I have one more question. I'm going to put you yeah. on the spot. It's okay if you, if you can't think of something, but I'm curious in terms of like day to day, not necessarily every day, but like day to day ritual or like start to your day or end of your day, do you have a practice that you are working on or that you is kind of your go-to in terms of like bringing more peace to your, to yourself and like starting the day or ending the day on the right foot? I feel like recently, I don't have anything that's a specific ritual. Gosh, I wish I did. Cause I hear people who like do the same thing every morning and it really gets them going. And I'm like, it sounds amazing. I haven't mm-hmm. done that. But something I have put into practice a little more this year, and it's because I've been tasked with kind of paying attention to this stuff, is I'm taking multiple times throughout the day to stop and appreciate what's happening right now. So a lot of what's been going on in my life has been leading me towards um, just recognizing my values and giving myself time to appreciate what's happening here and now. And realizing this is a very meditation kind of thing, but realizing here is now is all I have. And so sometimes in the day that's I'm going downstairs to get something to eat and I'm with Louie and I get to just look at Louie and be like, this is where I am. And I love that I'm here right now with my dog. Like, ah. And sometimes that's getting off a call with someone where they're like, thank you so much for explaining that. I had no idea what I was talking about or what was going on. And I'm like, that's great. Like I'm here right now. And that's what was my experience. And sometimes that's not so good stuff of like, I just had a hard conversation or something went awry. And, but this is all I have is what's happening right now. So it's appreciating that this is where I'm at. This is what I have. And I have something, even if it's something gone awry. 
So I've been putting that more into practice in my daily life, just at different checkpoints of, remember, you're right here, you're right now, and everything that's happening right now is kind of a miracle and it's all here. Yes. So appreciate it real quick. And that so such that's a good, good, good reminder. I feel like as, as women, I mean, as a society, but also as women, business owners, it's always like, what's the next thing? And we don't take the time to stop and celebrate like what just happened. Even if it's just like you said, even if it's just being with your dog and just like, mm, like squishing and loving, it's like celebrating that before it's like, all right, now I got to do this, you know? Yeah. And because you've always got to do this. You've always got to do this. Kev says something that makes me so mad, but it's so true. (laughs) He's like, you're going to die with a to-do list. And I'm like... (laughs) Like we all do, like you're going to have a to-do list. And, and so it's forgetting there's more stuff to do because there's just right now, just remember, appreciate what's happening right now. Cause you'll always have the to-dos. And so a lot of things have kind of conspired around me to really impress that upon me in the last six months to a year. And I've started listening and appreciating and it's it's been it's been wonderful and um it really just helps me enjoy the small moments and to take a little pressure off myself of um especially like you said goal-oriented stuff there's always something to do there's always a goal to get and not celebrating our current wins and so it's reminding myself I have won in a lot of different ways to get to right now. And I have goals, but look at all these wins. Yeah. I think that is a beautiful note to end on because that is, that is something that we should all take time to do. And I'm going to try and do that too. You kind of inspired me to do that because <laughs> I definitely have a tendency to, to not just sit in the now for two minutes and mm-hmm. appreciate where I am. So right. thank you for that reminder. You're welcome. Tell us where we can find you on the internet. I am on Instagram. It's called my, my personal handle is K hologram and it's mostly my life and my dog. And then I do have a work Instagram that's K Hollowell TN. Um, I am working on being better at that and I have done a good job before and I will continue to do so. Yes. And then I do have, um, a, uh, work cross-country mortgage page. I don't remember the handle right now, but- I will drop it. Yeah, I'll drop it in the show notes. Perfect. And then other than that, I'm in East Nashville and you can find me in Shelby Park. You can find me on a patio. You can find me paddleboarding in the summer with the girls. Yep, we have a paddleboard (laughs) gang. Yeah, so I'm not as great on the internet, but I really love being in person. So (laughs) come find me. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here today, Katie. Thank you. I'm so excited. This episode was brought to you by The Legal Apothecary. Hey, that's my business. I'm a licensed attorney, and my practice is The Legal Apothecary, which is a female-forward holistic legal service for creative women that want to focus on growing their influence and their gifts. And part of The Legal Apothecary is The Legal Apothecary Library, where I sell easy-to-follow contract templates for you to use in your business. As a podcast listener, use code PODCAST for a 22% discount on any of the contract kits that you find in the Legal Apothecary Library. Link in the show notes.